Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, by Hamadpant, a modern rendering by Monica Pinakanda. Guru Chapter 3 Baba's Promise As described in the previous chapter, Sai Baba gave his complete approval to the writing of the Sri Sai Sacharita and said, I fully agree with you regarding the writing of the Sacharitra. You do your duty. Don't be afraid in the least. Steady your mind and have faith in my words. If my leelas are written... Avidya, ignorance, will vanish. And if they are listened to with reverence and attention, the consciousness of worldly existence will decrease and strong waves of devotion and love will rise up. If one dives deep into my leelas, he will get precious jewels of knowledge. Hearing this, the author was very pleased and immediately became confident and fearless, and knew the work was bound to be a success. Then turning to Shama, Sai Baba said, If a man utters my name with love, I shall fulfill all his wishes and increase his devotion. If he sings earnestly of my life and my deeds, I shall surround him in front and back and on all sides. Those devotees who are attached to me, heart and soul, will naturally feel happiness when they hear these stories. Believe me, if anybody sings my leelas, I will give him infinite joy and everlasting happiness. It is my special characteristic to free any person who surrenders completely to me, who worships me faithfully, who remembers me and meditates on me constantly. How can they who utter my name, worship me, think of my stories and my life, and always remember me, be conscious of worldly objects and sensations? I shall rescue my devotees from the jaws of death. If my stories are listened to, diseases will be healed. So hear my stories with respect. Think and meditate on them and assimilate them. This is the way of happiness and contentment. The pride and egoism of my devotees will vanish, and the mind of the listeners will find peace. If the devotee has wholehearted and complete faith, 
they will become one with the Supreme Consciousness. The simple remembrance of my name as Sai, Sai, will do away with sins of speech and hearing. God assigns each person different work. The Lord entrusts different works to different devotees. Some are given the work of building temples and moths organizations, or ghats, cremation grounds, on rivers. Some are made to sing the glories of God. Some are sent on pilgrimages. But I was allotted the work of writing the Satcharitra. Being a jack of all trades, but master of none, I was quite unqualified for this job. Then why should I undertake such a difficult job? Who can describe the true life of Sai Baba? His grace alone can enable one to accomplish this difficult work. So when I took the pen in hand, Sai Baba took away my egoism and wrote his stories himself. The credit of relating these stories goes to him and not to me. Though Brahmin by birth, I lack the vision of Shruti, revelation, and Smriti, remembrance, and was not at all capable of writing the Satcharitra. But the grace of the Lord makes a dumb man talk and enables a lame man to cross a mountain. He alone knows how to get things done as he likes. Neither the flute nor the harmonium knows how the sounds are produced. This is the concern of the player. The oozing of the chandrakant, the moonstone jewel, and the surging of the sea are not due to the jewel and the sea, but to the rise of the moon. Baba's Stories, Beacons of Light Lighthouses are constructed at various places in the sea to enable the boatmen to avoid rocks and dangers and make them sail safely. Sai Baba's stories serve as a similar purpose in the ocean of worldly existence. They surpass nectar in sweetness and make our worldly path smooth and easy to traverse. Blessed are the stories of the saints. When they enter our hearts through the ears, body consciousness, egoism, and the sense of duality vanish. When they are stored in the heart, doubts fly away, pride of the body leaves, and wisdom is gained in abundance. The description of Baba's pure life and the hearing of it with love will destroy the sins of the devotee and therefore is a simple sadhana a spiritual practice for attaining salvation. The sadhana for the Krita age was shamadama, tranquility of mind and body. For the Treta age, sacrifice. For Dwarpa age, worship. And for the current Kali age, it is singing of the name and glory of the Lord. This sadhana is open to any one of the four varnas, castes. The other sadhanas, yoga, 
tiaga, which is sacrifice, dhyana, meditation, and dharana, concentration, are very difficult to practice. But singing and hearing the stories and the glory of the Lord is very easy. We have only to turn our attention towards them. The listening and singing of the stories will remove attachment to the senses and their objects, will make the devotees dispassionate, and ultimately lead them to self-realization. With this end in view, Sai Baba made me, or helped me, write his stories, the Satcharitra. The devotees may easily read and hear these stories of Sai Baba, and while doing so, meditate on him, his form, and attain devotion to Guru and God, and detachment and self-realization. In the preparation and writing of this work, Satcharitra, it is Baba's grace that accomplished everything, making use of me as a mere instrument. Baba's Motherly Love Everyone knows how a cow loves her infant calf. Her udder is always full, and when the calf wants milk from her udder, out comes the milk in an unceasing flow. Similarly, a human mother knows the wants of her child and automatically feeds it at her breast. In cases of dressing and adorning the child, the mother takes particular care to see this is well done. The child cares nothing about this, but the mother's joy knows no bounds when she sees her child beautifully dressed and adorned. The love of the mother is unusual, extraordinary, and unconditional, and has no parallel. Sadgurus feel this motherly love toward their disciples. Sai Baba had the same love towards me. I will give an instance of it. In 1916, I retired from government service. The pension was settled in my case and was not sufficient to maintain my family decently. On Guru Purnima of that year, I went to Shirdi with other devotees. There, of his own accord, Anna Chincharaka prayed to Baba on my behalf. Please look kindly on him. The pension he gets is quite insufficient. His family is growing. Give him some other appointment. Remove his anxiety and make him happy. Baba replied, He will get some other job, but now he should serve me and be happy. His plate will be ever full and never empty. He should turn all his attention towards me and avoid the company of atheists, unbelieving and wicked people. He should be meek and humble towards all and worship me with his heart and soul. If he does this, he will get eternal happiness. Rohila The story of the Rohila illustrates Sai Baba's all-embracing love. Rohila, tall, well-built, and strong as a bull, came to Shirdi wearing a long kafni, a robe, and was enamored of Sai. Day and night he used to recite Kalma, verses from the Quran, in a loud and harsh tone and shout, 
Allah ko Akbar, God is great. Most of the people of Shirdi were working in the fields by day and were welcomed with Rohilish harsh cries and shouts when they returned to their homes at night. They couldn't get any sleep and were very troubled and inconvenienced. They suffered this nuisance in silence for some days. When they could stand it no longer, they approached Baba and requested that he check Rohila and stop the nuisance. Baba did not pay attention to their complaint. On the contrary, he asked the villagers to mind their own business and not Rohila. He told them that Rohila had a very bad wife who tried to trouble both Rohila and him. But hearing Rohila's prayers, she dared not enter, and so they were both at peace and happy. In fact, Rohila had no wife, but what Baba meant by wife was darbudi, bad thoughts. As Baba liked prayers and cries to God better than anything else, he took the side of Rohila and asked the villagers to wait and suffer the nuisance, which would end in due course. The Guru is seated in your heart. One day at noon after the arti, the offering of a flame and devotional song to God, the devotees were returning to their lodgings when Baba gave the following beautiful advice. Be wherever you like, do whatever you choose, but remember this well, that all you do is known to me. I am the inner ruler of all, and I am seated in your hearts. I envelope all creatures in the movable and immovable world. I am the controller, the wire puller of the show of this universe. I am the mother, the origin of all beings, the harmony of the three gunas, the three qualities, the propeller of the senses, the creator, preserver, and destroyer. Nothing will harm him who turns his attention towards me, but maya, illusion, will lash and whip him who forgets me. All the insects, ants, and visible, movable, and immovable world are my body. Hearing these beautiful and precious words, I at once decided to serve no man but my guru. But Baba's reply to Anna Chinchanakar's request, which was really mine, that I would get a job began to revolve in my mind, and I began to think whether it would really happen. As future events show, Baba's words came true. I did get a government job that was of short duration. After that, I became free and devoted myself completely to the service of my guru, Sai Baba. Before concluding this chapter, I request the readers to let go of such obstacles as indolence, sleep, wandering of mind, an attachment to senses, and turn their whole and undivided attention to the stories of Sai Baba. Let their love be natural. Let them know the secret of devotion. Let them not exhaust themselves with other sadhanas. 
Let them stick to this one simple remedy, listening to Sai Baba's stories. This will destroy their ignorance and will secure liberation. A miser may stay at various places, but he always thinks of his buried treasure. In this way, let Sai Baba be enthroned in the hearts of all. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all.